think Miss Holly has a special this morning.
Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. Wasn't that a blessing? Hebrews chapter 12. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God this morning? The Lord always orchestrates everything. And it's amazing how he puts it all together for a service. And he puts the Sunday school lesson and the, the specials and the singing and the sermon puts it all together. What a mighty God we serve. I continuously stand in awe at how amazing he is and his greatness. His mind is beyond comprehension. He's working behind the scenes. He's doing when we're asleep. He's awake and he's working. And aren't you glad he's still on his throne today? Aren't you glad he's still there? He's still willing to help. And I'm glad this one thing, that my God has not changed. And the same mighty God we read about in the Old Testament is the same God that we pray to today. And it's the same God we seek. And I am glad that he still has power. Power, power, power. Hebrews 12, if you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. Hebrews 12, I want to look back in these verses again this morning. We were here last week, and I want to look at it again. Hebrews 12 and verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now that's what we talked about last week, running with patience the race that is set before us. But look in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'm glad to know where he is today. I don't serve a dead Savior. A dead Savior is nobody's Savior. You say, well, he's not there. That's right, because he's at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Their Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word this morning. Lord, I seek you for strength and power. Lord, I need the ability to preach your word. This is not my message, but this is your message. Dear God, I want your will to take place today. I want your word to go out and to search the hearts of men. Lord, I want your word to convict us and mold us and turn us to vessels that would bring you honor and glory. Lord, I want your message today to convict the lost of their lost nature in need of a Savior. Lord, I pray that your word will do its work today in this place. And I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would be rich in this place, that we would get the devil out, that we'd get the distractions out, and anything standing in our way, God, that we would remove it from this place so that we can focus on you. And dear God, when we leave this place, I pray that you're satisfied with what took place here. And I pray that we would leave changed people, encouraged people, God, we need encouragement more than we ever have. Lord, I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on this subject this morning. Let us run with joy the race that is set before us. Last week we talked about patience. This week I want to talk about 
joy. If you remember, having the patience means to endure. And so when we talked about enduring the race, it means to continue the race. If you remember, the Greek word race comes from our English word agony. And so when the writer is talking about our race, he's talking about the agony of life. Let us run with patience the agony that we face in this old world. And we face a lot of agony and pain in this old world, don't we? We face a lot of things uh, of struggle, of trial, of temptation in this old world. And the Hebrew writer said, endure it. Keep on going. Keep on marching forward. Don't stop. Don't quit. Continue on. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. Child of God, don't quit. Don't stop. Don't throw in the white towel. Don't quit being a daddy. Don't walk away from being a wife. Don't walk away from your family. Don't walk away from God. Don't walk away from your church or your relationship with Jesus. You keep on marching forward. And then today I want to talk about the joy. Because not only did Jesus endure, but he did it with joy. And it's one thing to endure the trial, but a lot of us are enduring. All we have to do is ask one another. And so many times I'll say, well, how are you today? Well, I'm here and that's just it. (laughs) That's a sad life. Well, I'm here and that's just it. Friend, it's one thing to endure and keep on going and be bitter and be mad at God about the circumstances that you're living in, but it's another thing to keep on going and accepting those things that God has placed before you and realizing that what you have inside is stronger than what you're going to face on the outside. And the only way that we can have some peace in our trial and in our agony is to experience the joy. To experience the joy of Christ. Now this joy goes beyond our comprehension. I don't even comprehend the kind of joy that God intends for us to have by being saved. The joy that He wants us to have is not dependent upon earthly circumstances, but it's dependent upon the heavenly promises. Understand the joy that God desires for us is not based upon the outward appearance of our life, but it's based upon the inward assurances of the Word of God. Understand the joy that God desires for us to have is when He goes back in the book of Matthew and He's preaching His first sermon. And 11 or 12 times He said, Blessed are they. Blessed are they. And when he, was, when he was talking to His listeners, in their ears they were hearing the word blessed, which they thought that only the gods could experience. That they thought that only a supernatural power can experience that kind of happiness in this life. And you know what Jesus was saying? I can offer you a joy and a happiness that goes beyond anything that you can ever imagine. No matter how miserable you can be on the outside, I can make nothing but joy unspeakable and full of glory in your soul. You can be absolutely miserable on the outside, but you can be celebrating on the inside. When the writer says to keep running with joy, that's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he was telling his listeners that day in Matthew chapter 5. I want you to experience this kind of happiness that is not based upon the circumstances of your day. If your joy is based on your bank account, you're not going to be happy very long. 
If your happiness is based upon your relationship and whether things are good in the marriage or the home, you're not going to be happy very long. If your joy and your happiness is based upon your health, you may not be happy very long. Your joy must be set upon the promises of God. And that joy is something that God puts within the heart of a saved person. And only a saved person can experience this kind of joy. And Jesus said, the Hebrew writer here says, Endure this race. You run this race with joy. Now listen to me. Quit being bitter and mad at God. We face agony every day. Child of God, don't be mad at God anymore about it. Quit dragging around because of the agony. Listen, your, your trials may not change. But there's a God inside that can change you. Understand that we need to have joy in the midst of this agony. So how do we get to this joy? Well, number one, he said, consider him. And that's why a child of God, and only a child of God, can experience this joy, because you must consider Jesus. If you are going to receive the joy, you must consider Him. Because when Jesus ran His race, He ran it with joy. And the ultimate example of how to have joy in the face of agony is look unto Jesus. Notice what He said in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. This word look... Uh, simply tells us to look nowhere else but to one place. If you want to learn how to have joy in your life through the agony, look to Jesus. He is the ultimate example. He is the example that we must look to. Don't look anywhere else. Don't look to the, the, the psychology. Don't look to the things of the world. Don't look to the ten steps of success. Don't look to appeal. Don't look to this or that. The Bible said look to Jesus. Look on to Jesus. Now listen to me. If we are going to experience joy in our agony, we've got to look to Jesus Christ. We must focus on Him and Him alone. Jesus is the example of the Christian life. Notice what it said. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Why must we as God's people look to Jesus? Because He is the originator. The word author means originator. He started this life. You want to know how to be a successful Christian? Look at the life of Jesus Christ. You know, so many times preachers are, are exalting this life and this life. I believe as a preacher, I'm to exalt one life, and that's the life of Jesus Christ. Because nobody has ever lived like Jesus has lived. Nobody has defeated life and, and conquered life and conquered the devil like Jesus Christ did. And I'm telling you, when he went through this whole life, and he faced a lot of pain, he faced a lot of agony, but he faced it with joy. He faced it with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Bible says that He is the originator of our faith and He is the finisher of our faith. Jesus lived in this life. Everything that you faced, Jesus faced. Everything that you've gone through, Jesus has gone through. Do you know why we can look to Jesus for advice? Because He's been there. He's gone through it. But yet, He conquered it. He conquered it. He didn't fail like we did so many times. You know, when people are having trouble in marriage, you know who they go talk to? Divorced people. <laughs> go talk to somebody that's got success. 
And when we look to life, nobody ever lived life quite like Jesus did. Go to the one who succeeded in life. Jesus succeeded in life. In every aspect of his life, Jesus succeeded. Now hold your place there and look in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I want you to look in verse 14. Boy, beautiful scripture here. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest. In verse 14, Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Aren't you glad that he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities? But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. What does that mean, preacher? That means he faced everything that you're ever going to face in this world. But yet, he had victory. He won. I have faced everything that you faced. Maybe not everything, but one day it's going to come. But guess what? I didn't face it quite like I needed to. And I have failed at times in my life. You don't look to me for advice. You look unto Jesus. You look unto Jesus, the one who lived this life successfully, the one who originated this, this thing called the Christian life, the one who can finish this thing called the Christian life. I can't finish this journey that I'm on, but Jesus can finish it for me. He is the originator and He's the finisher. Listen, the day that I got saved, it wasn't about me starting this life, it was about Jesus starting this life in me and for me and through me. And bless God, you know how we're going to get finished with it? He's going to finish it for me. He alone is going to fulfill it. He alone will finish this thing called life for us. Child of God, look unto Jesus. He started this and bless God, He's going to finish it. Look to Jesus, His grace is sufficient. Look to Jesus, His mercy is enough. Look to Jesus, His forgiveness is every day. Look to Jesus, He alone will give us that joy that we need. I'm telling you, when the agony of life has got you down, you can look to Jesus and bless God, He'll make you start thinking about heaven. He'll make you think about the blessed promises. You call me what you want to, but God calls me His child. You call me whatever the world wants to call me. But bless God, He calls me a saint. I don't give a rip what the world says and the agony we face. Child of God, we got to look to Jesus. we got to look to Jesus. I told the church the other day, it don't matter how many times you tell me, I can't go to hell. <laughs> Think about that a minute. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What do I do? I look unto Jesus that gives me eternal life. If I died right now, I'm going to glory land. I don't need to focus on all the pain of this whole world. I need to focus on Jesus and the promises that He made me in this life. I'm telling you, our life would be better if we'd get our focus right. And we focused upon Jesus. Focus. Well, what do we need to look at? Notice what it's saying. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross? Consider him the one who endured the cross. What is the cross? This represents the burden that Jesus had to face in this whole world. Listen about agony. If you're going to deal with agony, you've got to understand this. There's a burden that comes along with that agony. There is a pressure. There is a weight 
And the day that Jesus Christ stepped foot upon the face of the earth, there was a burden that was laid upon him, and it was called the cross. Every day that he lived for 33 and a half years, he had the burden of Calvary upon his mind. Every day that he lived, he knew that one day he would, and he knew the day too. And he knew the day that he would go to the cross, and every single day he had to deal with the burden, I'm going to die. I'm going to the cross. He knew how he would die. He knew how he would experience it. And he knew it would be the worst death that any man would ever have to experience in this life. And he had to deal with the burden and the weight of the cross every single day of his life. Every day. But he endured it with joy. Every day he had to wake up and say, there's coming a day i got to go to Calvary. There's coming a day i got to die for humanity. But he faced it with joy. You know why? Because he accepted the will of God in his life. He knew that when he came to this earth, he came for one mission. And it was to die for sinners. It was to fulfill the will of God in his life. In Isaiah 50 verse 5, the Bible said, The Lord hath opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. That meant that way down there at the foundation of the earth, that God told the Son, one day you're going to have to go to Calvary. And Jesus said right here in the prophecy of Isaiah that He did not turn away from the Word of God, but He accepted it. He applied it to His life. And when He came to this earth, He came to fulfill the will of God. And that burden that He had was the burden of the will of God upon His life. And every day he woke up with that burden and that pressure and that stress. I was 24 years old and I sat in a doctor's office, a cardiologist. My blood pressure was 210 over 115. And he said, you don't just have high blood pressure. Something's going on. So he went through all this and he said, well, what do you think it is? I said, well, I do pastor a Baptist church. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Something you may want to think about as you go through some of this. And so he went through, and man, he looked me over and looked me over. Come find out, I just have high blood pressure. And he said, it may be that Baptist church that's causing all, all of this. Because there's a pressure. There's a weight that comes from the agony that we face. It's that pressure that drives us crazy at night, that keeps us up at night, thinking about it consistently and constantly, the pressures of life. There is pressure and a burden that comes from the sin and the things that we face. How do you face that pressure with joy? Because the Bible said He woke up every day with the, the pressure of the cross. But He endured it with joy. He kept his eyes focused upon the will of God. And I believe that he accepted the perfect will of God for his life. And I think so many times we struggle with the pressures of life because we don't like where we are. We don't like what we're going through and we have failed to accept the will of God in our life. Child of God, if we would accept God's will in our life, it would bring peace to our hearts and our souls. So many times we're dealing with pressure of this life because we're not where we want to be, except rather we are where God has placed us. And as soon as you can accept what God has planned for your life, then all of this stress and all of this junk goes away. 
Because then you wake up every day, I've got this pressure, but God said go. I've got this pressure, and it's heavy, Brother Allen. But my, my Father in heaven, my Creator, He made me for this purpose. And He made me for this day. And for such a time as this, this is what God's called me to. You've got to accept where you are so that you can face it with joy. And when you accept where you are, you realize it's the will of God. And when you realize it's the will of God in your life, you know that God has nothing but good in store for you. The circumstances may be bad, but all things work together for good. Not all things are good, but when all work together in the craziness of life, we got good as the outcome. Isn't that awesome? How did he face it with joy? Because he woke up every day and said, Oh, the pressure. But I know my father's satisfied. All oh, the stress. But I know I'm doing what I was put here to do. Oh man, the overwhelming weight of this burden. But why did Jesus live? He lived to die. He lived to fulfill the will of God. And child of God, you do too. Every day you ought to live to die to yourself so that you can submit to the will of the Father. If you're still awake, say amen. 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 Go to the next one. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He despised the shame. Not only did he have the burden of the agony, but he had the humiliation. Every single day, Jesus faced the humiliation of the agony. Let me tell you something. The King of glory was humiliated. He became poor. Let me tell you, he left the glory of heaven. He left the fanciest place you've ever seen in your life. He left the most glorious throne above to take a manger in a barn. The Son of God was humiliated. People talked to him like he was trash. They treated him like he was just a no-good servant. People, the Pharisees, didn't respect his, his religious outlook. Even to his own people, he was an outcast. People lied about him. People threw stones at him. People cursed him. Jesus was humiliated. And every day he had to face the humiliation of this life. And he did things that not any man would want to do. And he experienced things that not every man wants to experience it. But he experienced it and he experienced it with joy. He never got bitter. He never got mad. He never got angry. If I was Jesus and I was laid upon the cross, I'd have called 12 legions of angels to kill every one of them Roman soldiers. Aren't you glad I'm not your God? Because <laughs> I'd have let you down that day. I'd have been so mad and bitter. I'd show you turn the other cheek. Man, I'll tell you what. Jesus had the power to do whatever he wanted that day. But he faced the humiliation and he accepted it because he knew that's what God called him to do. But with that humiliation would come the victory of sinners. And Jesus Christ was humiliated. The Son of glory, the King of kings and the Lord of lords was made low so that he could elevate us. And every day as they talked about him, as they cursed him, 
as he laid upon the cross and they spat upon him and they plucked his beard out and they whooped him and they crucified him. You know what he said? Father, forgive them. I'd have said, Father, curse them. Get every one of them. Oh, but Jesus is so. What a God. What a Savior. He endured the cross. He despised the shame. He was humiliated every day, but He did it for you, and He did it for you, and He did it for you, and you, and you, and you. And He was brought to shame so that I could be exalted and one day be saved. What a mighty God I serve. And He did it with joy. He never said, well, I'm just here and that's it. Well, I'm fine, I guess. He never showed stress. He never showed worry until one place in the Garden of Gethsemane. He never looked angry. He never felt bitterness. He conquered it, folks. He succeeded in it. And He did it with joy. Then the third one, the contradiction of sinners. He had so many enemies, you couldn't even count them all. And I hear so often, you just don't know the people that are against me. And I feel in my soul every night as the devil tells me that's your enemy and that's your enemy and that's your enemy. And you may have enemies and I might have enemies, but nobody has faced enemies like Jesus Christ did. He did nothing but love them. He did nothing but die for them. He did nothing but lay his life down. And he still had enemies. People say, well, preacher, you know, so-and-so don't like you. Well, they wouldn't like Jesus. <laughs> Let me say that again. <laughs> they wouldn't like Jesus. And they didn't like Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, we get the right kind of preacher up there. It wouldn't matter if Jesus was the preacher here. You'd still find something to gripe about. And so would I, because that's how we are. Because everywhere you turn, you're going to have enemies. And you're going to have people oppose you. And you're going to have people just seek out to destroy your life and your ministry and your testimony. But he endured it with joy. He endured the contradiction of sinners. And no matter what people said about him, he loved them anyway. When they deserved to be slapped. Uh-huh. Y'all been there? Yeah. When they deserved to be slapped. He loved them, and He forgave them. And when they wouldn't give and do for Him, He did and gave for them. He forgave them. He loved them in spite of them. Them Pharisees did nothing but try to destroy His testimony. Herod and Pilate did nothing but try to kill Him. The chief priests, the scribes, and we could go on down the road. They hated His guts. They were threatened by His power. They were threatened by his person, and they said, We've got to destroy him. And he did nothing but love them. And he did it with joy. He woke up every day facing this whole life with joy. And I wake up so many mornings, I'm wore out, I'm tired. Verse 3 said, Weary and fainting. It means being sick and fretting. So many of us is facing this race, fretting and worrying about things. We're, we're sick. Our minds are sick. We're, we're mentally destroyed. We're physically impaired because of the agony we're facing. Child of God, we need some joy. 
We need some joy and happiness. We need that joy unspeakable and full of glory upspringing the fountains of our soul every single day that no matter what we face, no matter what we experience, that we know that God's still in control, that God's going to walk us through. And bless God, you let the storms rage. You let the fire blow. But bless God, if Jesus is deep down inside of my soul, I can still smile. I can still celebrate. I can still rejoice in the fact of who Jesus is. <laughs> Now that's joy. That's joy. You know what joy is? When you get that call that you just lost a friend and you're sitting there crying and you're in pain but you say, thank you Jesus because I think I know where they are. When you get the worst call of your life but there's still this peace deep down inside of your soul that's carrying you through. I ask people all the time, how did you endure that? And they say, I don't know. God just got me through. God just got me through. I can't answer it all. I can't explain it all. But I looked to Jesus, and he brought me through. How do you feel about where you are today? I don't know what you go through, but God does. How are you facing what you're dealing with? Is it with pain? Is it with weary and fainting? The Bible said you need to face it with joy. Accept where you are. And accept this is what God has for me in this season. And I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to look to Jesus. And as he woke up every day with a smile on his face, I'm going to wake up the same way. And I'm going to praise him through it all. And I'm going to look to Jesus. Every day, enduring, looking with joy, experiencing with joy. Folks, I have no idea what you're facing. He knows every hair in your head. I told Billy Don, I said, that's a pretty powerful God to know every hair when you don't even have one. Man, that's power. What a powerful God. He's in control. He sees what we're facing. And he's got enough grace. He's got enough mercy. He's got enough strength. He's got enough joy. Lacey and them sing a song. What do you say to someone who just lost it all? Say this. Nothing is greater than grace. I've entered into situations. People just lost their children. People just lost their parents. What do you say? You remind them of the goodness of God. You remind them how good God is. You remind them how faithful God is. Folks, we were never promised prosperity in this whole life. We were promised agony. But we were also promised help and joy in the midst of it all. Look unto Jesus. Maybe you need to fall down at this altar today. You've been carrying this trial long enough. And it's time for you to just fall at the altar and say, God, here it is. Lord, give me joy unspeakable. God, I'm sick of being miserable. You know what? We ought to be the happiest people upon the face of the earth. <laughs> I'm telling you, we ought to be happy this morning. But our agony has drowned that out. And it's time for it to stop. Got to get it out. How we do it? Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. If you're lost this morning, would you be saved? 
If you're here and you've never been saved, come forward. Let me show you how to be saved.